first of all, I think that you have to understand that relationships are live entities. And so they're going to shift and change through the years. And so it would behoove a couple to be flexible and adjust along the way as well, not to just assume that the way you were in the beginning is going to be the way you're going to be throughout. This week, Dr. Karen Sherman explains what makes a good marriage. Stay tuned. We're giving away free wine during the month of May 2014. All you have to do is join the Hitched Wine Club and your third shipment is free. No strings attached. To join, visit hitchedmag.com and click the Wine Club link on our homepage. And hurry, because this is a limited time offer. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. This wine is amazing and handpicked just for you. So don't wait. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am once again joined with the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hey, Steve. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationships and lifestyle issues. Um, and today, uh, this is actually a pretty interesting one, Karen, because we talk a lot about um, – what makes a bad relationship? What what can go wrong in marriage? Um, and so today I wanted to tackle the topic of what are some characteristics of a good marriage? Love it. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we know what the bad ones look like, um, but how are couples supposed to know if they're actually on the right track? What does a good marriage look like? And specifically for couples who may not have had good um, – role models growing up maybe their parents divorced or there was something you know they didn't they didn't have that to to know oh you know this is what it looks like um i guess in order to set a goal to have a good marriage too i think it's important to define what exactly that might be right, right. um so i the first question i have for you is in a general sense what would be a quick identifier of a couple who is doing things right I think that you would, number one, be respectful of each other. Uh, that is really the number one factor of a good relationship. And that respect is basically that you're not judging each other. You accept each other's differences. Doesn't mean you have to agree with each other all the time, but you, you know, respect that you have your differences. Um, and that respect is going to carry over even when you do have your differences. Um, and that you know, you have basic friendship, you have the same values, um, you know, in the core areas. Um, and, um, that, uh, you basically, you know, can appreciate one another. So those would be the ones that I would say are, are, and that you have trust. Trust mm -hmm. is also a, a foundational, uh, pillar for a good relationship. So respect, trust, and appreciation. Okay. Now do good couples, happy couples, do they fight? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you are two different people. Um, and so there are going to be times that you disagree. Now, what do we call fighting? 
that's where, mm. you know, I think things get a little bit, um, you know, uncertain. So fighting does not mean necessarily that you're throwing and you're yelling and you're screaming. Fighting means that you're having a conflict. And of course, because you're two different people, you're not going to always see things the same way. Um, but a moment ago, I said that you can still respect each other. Mm. So um, you have a conflict, you don't agree with each other, you don't see things the same way, but that doesn't mean that you can still show each other respect in the other person's position. Um, and you are really actually going to get closer in your conflicts because you get to learn what the other person um, needs, how they understand the situation, why they perhaps have a different need than you do. And in doing that and coming to some agreement about how you're going to resolve the difference between you, it will actually bring you closer. But yes, you are going to fight. And that mm -hmm. doesn't indicate that, that you're not happy. And I know that uh, there's a lot of research out there that talks about it's not the, whether or not you fight, but how you resolve those conflicts that matters That's more. Right. That's right. Um, Dr. John Gottman, uh, speaking of research, who is a famous uh, marriage research expert, author, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, he has famously identified the four horsemen of the apocalypse, uh, mm -hmm. which are criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to assume then if we're defining what a good marriage is, the absence of those things are what you should be looking for as well. That's exactly right. You know, so that's that's the point that, you know, let's look at each one of those that, you know, you're you're going to say them again slowly, Steve. I'm sorry. Yes, it is criticism. Right. So you're not going to be critical. You know, you're going to say, OK, you know, you, in other words, your your mate says something. You don't say, oh, well, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. <laughs> yes. or, you know. Um, are, are you kidding me? You know, really, that's what you believe? You're going to be accepting. What was the next? Yeah. The second one is contempt. Contempt, that you don't, you know, respond to your mate with, oh, you know, really? Or that was so disgusting of you or whatever. Again, you're being respectful. Mm -hmm. the, the third one is defensiveness. Right. So you don't shut down. And I think that that was the fourth one, shut down. But you're you're open to hearing the differences. You know, you're trying to learn about your mate. And also you're being open about um, expressing how you feel about something. And then yeah. the fourth one was not and, shutting down. And the last one, yes, is stonewalling. Right. Right. So, you know, when I was describing before that you are um, having a conflict, but learning about the other person, you're really listening to hear about the other person. You're not listening for the purposes of getting ready to respond and to, you know, defend your argument and, and have your point heard. You're really listening to hear what the other person is saying and what their point of view is. As a matter of fact, John Gottman, who is, by the way, the leading researcher in the field of relationships, says that he can predict which couples um, will get divorced by just watching how they manage a conflict. Um, and if they do it in a respectful man manner, then they are going to be a couple that's going to fare well. So uh, when we look at a happy couple, because that's the subject today, yeah. it's yeah. a couple that has a conflict and is able to get through it being um, understanding or respectful of each other and each other's opinions and resolve it in a way that meets both of their needs. Yeah. And I know a lot of, I, I, in his book, he talks about uh, doing it with humor and 
and <laughs> as you mentioned earlier, respect and different things like that. So, um, by the way, we actually have his book in the Hitched Bookstore if you're interested in this because it really is something you should read if you're interested in uh, having a healthy marriage because it's it's got tons of worksheets and stuff in it too to to help you and your your spouse have a better understanding of each other uh, where you're coming from. Um, now the one of the things that I find interesting is uh, marriage as an institution is an evolutionary thing uh, because the roles of the couple, roles in society, expectations, all these things have changed over the decades uh, and centuries and whatnot. So today, 2014, uh, do couples, do happy couples, do they need to split up their chores evenly? Domestic no. chores, I mean? Yes and no. They should be sharing chores. And in fact, there's research that indicates that when men are more willing to do household chores, then they're more likely to enjoy sex with their wives. Not that men don't enjoy sex, but what I meant was that women <laughs> to um, be sexual with yes. their spouses. Um, but what I want to point out is that happy couples um, don't necessarily have equal relationships. It's not tit for tat. Well, you did this and so now I'll do that. But they have reciprocal relationships so that they each feel that um, they're getting something out of the relationship. Household chores is certainly uh, going to be part of that. And so, yes, they should share in it, but it doesn't have to be, well, you know, you vacuumed, so now I'll dust. And, you know, you did the shopping, so now I'll do the laundry. But there should be a sharing of responsibilities. So so good couples, uh, while they share responsibilities, there there's no scorekeeping going on. That, oh, absolutely. Scorekeeping is going to work against you. Okay. Um, do good couples need to spend a lot of time together? Good couples need to prioritize their relationship as far as um, paying attention to it. Uh, you know, you could spend a lot of time, and if it's not quality time, then that's not going to serve any purpose. However, if you are not spending any time together, then there's no chance for any quality at all. Um, unfortunately, in today's world, it is full of stress. There are God knows how many you know, other obligations that we have. And if we continually um, assume that our mate is going to be there, you know, waiting because, well, we just had this to do and we just had that to do. And, oh, my goodness, this came up. Then eventually that's going to be a real problem. So it's important that we make our relationship a priority and that we nourish it. And so, yes, good couples are going to make sure that, we make that a priority. I just did a recent radio interview with a guest and she called it one of her non-negotiables mm. that spending time with her mate was a non-negotiable, um, that, that got that along with a couple of other things, self care and spending time with her children had to be done every week. And then the other things in her life, um, were put in also, but those could be adjusted, mm -hmm. but not the time with her husband. That, I like that. I, I know um, some some families out there that, for example, like Friday night is family night, period. Right. Um, you know, that is a, a, one of their non-negotiables. So I, I like that. Mm -hmm. um, so are there any other traits um, that the average couple can look toward as identifying as something um, they should aspire 
to... Yes, I think that uh, there are a couple of things. First of all, I think that you have to understand that relationships are live entities. And so they're going to shift and change through the years. And so it would behoove a couple to be flexible and adjust along the way as well, not to just assume that the way you were in the beginning is going to be the way you're going to be throughout. So this actually can kind of go back to the spending the time together because in may, perhaps in the uh, beginning of the relationship, you're spending tons of time but later on, it's you might not you might not be able to spend as much time, but you can really focus on the quality of that time instead. Yes, yes. The other way that it changes is that we're living. This is just an example. This is not the only way, yeah. but we're living longer lifespans, and so you might have one career for the first you know thirty years and then decide to have a second career. And what you would like, because this is important throughout, is for your mate to be supportive of you, for your mate to be a cheerleader for you. You don't want to attempt to control your spouse or shift them into your expectations, but you want to honor who they are and really support and you know reinforce um, their strengths and be there to sort of, you know, as I said, be a cheerleader, cheer them on. Because in helping them to foster that, that is going to be really, really appreciated in the relationship. So that's another good quality um, or a quality of good relationships. Mm-hmm. So so really it's supporting their dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Okay. Um, another quality of a good relationship is that the couple um, – is willing to change things up. They're not doing the same thing all the time. They're willing to um, try new things. Not that it's necessarily going to be um, a hit all the time, but they find that when couples, or I should say that maybe um, being novel and doing things differently helps to keep the relationship a little bit more alive. So I don't know, you know, if you would say that that's what makes for a good couple or that's what helps a couple uh, stay a little bit more mm. uh, satisfied end. Um, but basically, you know, what we're talking about is when a couple can be respectful, appreciative, attentive to each other, um, honor each other, trust in one another, that's the stuff that good couples are made of. Okay. Um, and, you know, I'm I'm really interested to hear what some of the listeners have to say about this one, if they have some traits that they think we may have missed on uh, in terms of what makes a good couple, a good marriage. Um, so if you, if you have any thoughts on this, let us know, uh, hit us up on, on Twitter or Facebook or something, uh, Google plus, and let us know what you think on this one. Um, but I, th- I think for now, this'll, this'll do it. Karen, maybe we'll, we'll circle back to this one sometime in the future perhaps with a follow-up list or some, take some different angle at it. But I, I really like this topic um, because I think it is important for people to understand what, you know, identifying success as opposed to how not to fail. I think, yeah, there, I, I think there's a difference there. I agree. I agree. I think that in general we so often look at what's wrong and it's really important to look at what's right. You know, very often when I'm working with couples – and they come in, I will say to them, okay, tell me what worked this week. Because when you start to focus more on the things that are working, mm. 
then you get more of that. So I think that this was really good because I think that when you realize, okay, if I can be more appreciative of my mate, if I can, um, you know, start to do the little things in our relationship that will help my mate feel better, that those things will grow and continue to make the relationship even stronger. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Uh, well, um, I want to thank you so much for your time, Karen. Uh, that'll do it for us this week. So thank you so much. Always a pleasure, Steve. You know that. <laughs> um, I want to remind everyone that uh, you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman. Uh, and Karen has a, a new program out. It's called it, – well, you can find it at MakeYourMarriageWorkNow.com. It is a uh, subscription service, $9.99 per month. Uh, you get uh, exercises to work on. You are able to speak with Karen and a monthly uh, a call, which is uh, anonymous, by the way, so you don't have to identify yourself or anything like that. Um, in addition to that, you can get all this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. Uh, as I mentioned at the top, she's a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. She is an author, uh, Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. Uh, Karen is on uh, all the major social networks, Twitter, Facebook, Google+, um, as are we. Uh, you can find us at Hitched Media on Twitter. Um, we are on Facebook, Hitched uh, Google Plus, Hitchmag, Tumblr, uh, Instagram. Uh, so uh, if you have any questions, if you have any thoughts, have any ideas, have a response to this week's topic. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you think. Um, but uh, for now, that is going to do it for us. So thank you one last time, Karen. Okay, Steve. Speak to you next time. Okay, sounds good. Take care, everybody. And it's about you.